Welcome to LifeBeat. I'm your host, Chris Gast, Right to Life of Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. Thanks for joining us. Changing things up a little bit, we were going to do a regular LifeBeat update uh, this week on news, but we decided to switch things up and do our Faith and Life feature a week early. That's because our guest is Reverend Christopher Toma. He is the pastor of Our Savior Evangelical Lutheran Church and School in Heartland. And he is the keynote speaker at an event next week called Shepherding a Culture of Life. And Shepherding a Culture of Life is on April 29 at 11 a.m. It's a Thursday, and that is going to be in the east side of the state. It's hosted by Plymouth Right to Life. And really the purpose, uh, it's at Risen Christ Lutheran Church in Plymouth, um, is for pastors. It's a clergy lunch and pro-life discussion uh, Pastor Tom is giving the keynote. As I said, there's going to be a panel discussion there. Uh, it's going to be a great event. So if you are in the area and you're uh, involved in a, in a church, you're a pastor, uh, you definitely want to come and listen to it. All right, here's our interview. Pastor Toma, thanks for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for inviting me on. Glad to have you. Uh, why don't you give a sort of synopsis of the talk that you're going to be giving next week about helping pastors be better voices for life? Well, the purpose of the gathering itself is to do what we can to equip pastors with some of the best pro-life resources and tools that are available out there nationwide. And a lot of those are through people. So that means taking time to give advice on shepherding pro-life messages in their congregations, you know, what to, what to keep in mind, um, what maybe to avoid, what maybe to spend uh, more time focusing on. Um, and then the, the, I suppose maybe the last purpose of this gathering is to give the clergy, give all of the folks who are there an opportunity to network to network together and to share ideas, you know, meet one another, be able to connect not only there in the gathering, but uh, when they leave. Um, so what I, what I typically do, of course, um, I don't want to, you know, blow the whole presentation for people before they actually even get it, but um, I don't really have sort of a canned speech per se that I, I get up and talk about. I do try to get to know the crowd a little bit um, before I start speaking, but um, there are some basics that I do sort of touch on. Uh, and some of those things have to do with the statistics uh, with regard to the engagement of pastors in America right now in this very topic. Mm -hmm. um, the, the level of engagement on the part of the clergy is, is very, very low um, when it comes not only to public square engagement on these issues, but um, the, uh, the conversations that they're having with their own people in Bible study or from the pulpit. So it's a good idea to sort of just put that out there. You know, here's the reality. Here's what we're up against. Uh, we're often our own worst enemy um, in this regard. Uh, but to sort of frame that too, in the sense that um, we understand the job of being a pastor is not easy. And, and I know this very, very well. It's not easy. Um, we know this because we're 
we're working uh, with people who are dealing in sin and death and the power of the devil. And at the same time, we're doing this knowing our own uh, reality. I mean, we know the underbelly of our own lives, but there is sort of that frustrating, you know, this great dissonance, this sort of this lack of consistency between belief and action that often comes out uh, in our congregations that can sometimes frustrate us. Um, so um, I'll probably spend a little bit of time uh, focusing on, you know, here's the faith uh, that we have as it's born from the word of God. And yet we're, as pastors, we're dealing with folks who have some pretty screwed up views <laughs> with regard <laughs> to what Christ has given us by that word. And this translates into the pro-abortion, pro-life uh, segment of, of our world. Um, and ultimately, if we don't get these things right, it ends up uh, leading toward mass slaughter. I mean, the, the frustration that I have, I guess, is that there are a lot of Christians in our pews who are, you know, they confess Christ. Um, they want uh, to be faithful to Christ, but, and I've written this in some other places, you know, on election day, they wake up, they read the Bible, maybe they pray their morning devotion, they shower, you know, they, they get all their clothes on. And then they go down to the voting precinct and they stand in line for an hour uh, and they finally get ushered into a booth where they pull the lever for men and women who support the extermination of infants in the womb. Um, it doesn't make sense. Um, so pastors are tasked with the job of, of working with a society, working with a culture, working with a people of God who claim faith uh, and yet have a tendency to move in these waters. Um, so, so I'll, I'll also kind of spend time, you know, unpacking that kind of stuff and just speaking uh, practically uh, as best I can, not only, well, one, not only to condemn the clergy who allow this willingly and deliberately, but two, on the other hand, to build up those same clergy to recognize uh, the this is not good, but to build them up, uh, to recognize here's what is good. Here's what God's word says. Here's why you don't have to be afraid uh, to speak faithfully in this regard. Um, so that's kind of the, kind of the direction I'll, I'll likely go with a lot of this. So you mentioned uh, condemning clergy, and I just saw some news. Planned Parenthood has a clergy advisory board that is it's been in the background sometimes. Sometimes they trot it back out to get some attention in the latest news cycle. They kind of use it, in my mind. They don't really care what they think. They're just using these pastors typically to, A, let Christians feel good about going in on the voting booth on Tuesday morning and voting for pro-abortion candidates. And secondly, so they can have a little brochure in the waiting room uh, because we know that a lot of the women who go into abortion facilities would call themselves uh, Christians. Our local sidewalk counselor here in Grand Rapids says she sees people going in all the time with Hope College stickers on the back of their car and Aquinas College and Cornerstone. Um, and, and they just use this brochure to let women in the waiting room say, oh, it's okay. You know, it's between... It's, it's always interesting to me. It's between you and God, and that's it. Uh, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Well, um, that's a really good point. Um, and this would be, a, a, I think, a presentation completely and totally unto itself. 
which perhaps I can touch on some of this uh, during the meeting or during the presentation. But I guess my first response to that is that um, if you're if you're dealing honestly with the Word of God, and you understand the Word of God as it understands itself, which means to be in alignment with the the confession that the Word of God is inerrant. Um, it's divinely inspired. It's immutable. It doesn't change. Uh, and we're not just talking about pieces of the word of God. We're talking about the whole thing. Um, if you are of that confession, the, the Christian faith does not permit you to sort of, it doesn't give any wiggle room for us to say we can be Christian and still support abortion. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Uh, I am one of those guys who will come right out and rather boldly say, you cannot call yourself a Christian and support abortion. It just doesn't work. Um, so, but now how, how then do they do this? And why does Planned Parenthood do this? Well, I mean, it's not an, a disingenuous move on the part of Planned Parenthood. They don't confess that the word of God is an Aaron inspired and immutable. Um, so they will pick and choose and utilize uh, the word of God as befits them. And they'll also reach out into the communities to grab hold of clergy who believe this about the word of God, that it isn't inspired, uh, that it isn't uh, uh, divinely uh, immutable or any of those, any such things. So for example, you do have these very left-wing radical, um, let's say in the case of the Lutherans, you have the ELCA, uh, one of the largest uh, Lutheran denominations out there, but it's an entirely, uh, an entirely liberal uh denomination. It, uh, it, it's official doctrine when it comes to the, to the word of God confesses very plainly that, um, that the, that the, well, how do they say it? I, I'm throwing this out from memory that the Bible does not, is not the word of God, but rather contains the word of God. That's their official position with regard to the Bible itself. So when you believe that the, the word of God can be interpreted or can be received as you desire, so you can sort of pick and choose the pieces that are inspired and the pieces that are not and throw out the rest, um, you have a lot of wiggle room to find yourself very, very comfortable in the places that God would not have us go. And Planned Parenthood, I, I have to assume, um, is well aware in their strategies uh, of this type of stuff. And, and when you think about who it is that's behind what Planned Parenthood does, um, it's not their, their president and CEO. It's not our, it's not our ungodly president Biden. It's not any of these people. It's the devil himself. Abortion is the devil's sacrament. I call it. Um, if you think about it, it's, it's tantamount to the absolute opposite of what it is that the Christian, the Christians believe, teach and confess with regard to the Lord's supper. You know, we confess this is the body and the blood of Christ. Well, the devil needs something like that too. And so what does he have? He has his uh, mantra out there amongst the pro-choice people. This is my body. <laughs> you know, this is my blood. Keep your hands off of it. Um, so, so when you, when you sort of uh, see them doing that, it shouldn't be any surprise to us. Um, and so again, the clergy sort of coming back around to where we were before, the clergy need to step up and begin to speak to the word of God as the sole source for our faith, life, and practice. Uh, and we need to, in many ways, get a little bit more of a spine when it comes to holding not only ourselves, but our people to this standard. 
this is what we believe. This is what we teach. This is what we confess. Will we fall short of these things? Absolutely. And therefore God gives to us his grace, but he doesn't give us his grace so cheaply so that we just chuck this stuff out the window and do whatever the heck we want. No, we, we do as the word of God would instruct. We repent of our sins, receive his forgiveness. We go forth from there, amending the sinful life, uh, seeking to do better, uh, producing the fruits of faith. So uh, shepherding a culture of life, the event, uh, you're going to give your talk. I understand there's going to be an uh, interdenominational panel discussion as well. Um, you want to talk a little bit about who else is going to be joining you there? Yeah, we'll have um, Pastor Sam Waters. He's a, I'm a, a recent, recently retired pastor from Living Word in Plymouth. Uh, he and his wife, Linda, as I understand, are are very uh, active in the Plymouth Right to Life affiliate down there. So um, he'll be speaking uh, on the panel. He'll be available there. Um, Father John Carlin um, from over in Lake Orion, he'll be there. Um, Father Steve Matea, he is, I, I can't remember where he is off the top of my head. Um, uh, Father, let's see, Joseph Marquis from the Byzantine Church in Livonia, Sacred Heart, Byzantine. He'll be speaking. Reverend Mike Cook, the Faith Outreach Coordinator from Michigan Right to Life. He'll be emceeing uh, the panel discussion. I'll be a part of the panel discussion too. Once I'm I'm done talking, I'll, I'll come over to the table and sit down and we'll all field questions. This is a, uh, when we say interdenominational, it really is. Um, I think it's very, it'll be a very rich discussion. You'll have um two LCMS pastors up there, of course, uh, but we're LCMS pastors in, very, in different regions of the state of Michigan uh, with different flavors of, of congregation. Um, so um, there'll be a lot of that. Uh, also, um, you have, you'll have, um, again, the Byzantines, the Roman Catholics, um, you'll have a, a pretty good smattering, I think, of, of uh, conversation. And it always uh, strikes me, um, you know, I, I myself am Lutheran and, you know, a lot of the pro-life movement is Catholics and, uh, of course, a lot of differences in views on very important matters, um, but it is so clear and so easy to unite these denominations on the very simple view that, uh, you know, human beings have value. <laughs> Don't Amen. kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's not murder them. Yeah. We we're all on the same page in this. And um, again, this is a, a wonderful thing that's going on in the right to life of Michigan movement, the things that they do. I've been around the state to countless, uh, countless gatherings, count, countless marches, this and that. And the one thing that I truly enjoy seeing is the the wide variety, the, the large spectrum of people from different walks of life um, who come together to participate in something that uh, some would call the cooperation in the externals. You know, we are, these are things that are external to the, to the, I don't know, the sedes doctrinae or the, you know, the, the doctrines that maybe divide, uh, divide the different denominations, but life is not one of those things. Mm. You know, this is something that I, I can stand side by side in the trenches with a Buddhist. Uh, I can stand side by side in the trenches with a Muslim uh, who is pro-life. I can stand there and I can do this alongside of them, embracing, uh, locking arms with them uh, to fight this ungodly terror uh, in our world. Uh, and, and it's a joy to do that. It's a joy to see uh, these various folks from all over. 
yeah, I mean, abortion really is, you know, you're denying the value of human life, you're denying civilization itself. And what person who would claim to be, or society that would claim to be civilized could possibly endorse such a thing? Well, we, yeah, we can't label ourselves. We can't label ourselves uh, a, a society worthy of lasting very long um, if we do this. All right. Thanks for listening to our interview with Pastor Chris Toma. Again, Shepherding a Culture of Life is on Thursday, April 29 at 11 a.m. It's free for clergy and a guest. If you want more information on the event, you can go to our website, rtl.org, and in our Get Involved menu, click on Events, and you can find it there. Uh, You can share it on social media. If you are on the east side of the state, anywhere within easy driving distance of Plymouth, and you're a pastor, we hope that you'll be there, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will catch you next week.